0: Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive His love and be encouraged and empowered by His Spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump on to our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless you, fam. Beautiful. I've got a bit to, that I want to share with us this morning, so I'm going to get straight into it. I'm going to be reading from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 4. It's going to kind of be our uh, anchor verse for this morning. Um, It says this, and then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. Look at that man, bloated by self-importance, full of himself, but soul empty, But the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing is fully alive, really alive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Come on. Getting old school. You like that? (laughs) Hear the Pentecostals laughing in the second front row there? Uh, uh, Some of you might know, um, or maybe, I mean, a few of you know, I've been moonlighting as uh, as as a bartender the last few months. And it's been great. Uh kind of needed to do that a little bit out of necessity, I don't know, the cost of living, who else has been impacted by the cost of living? It's so good. Petrol is uh, very expensive. And uh, so I've been moonlighting as a bartender, but mainly because I actually wanted, to, wanted a bit of fun. I, if you know me, uh, I've been a bartender for over 20 years. Um, it's my trade. It's something I love to do. Ministry is actually, you know, my second, my, my side hustle, if you will. Um, so I've been, I've been bartending a little bit. Uh, and uh, one, of the, one of the advantages or things that I've experienced over the last few months is it has been great. Uh, please don't take this the wrong way. It has been great to get out of the bubble. Um, for those of you who maybe have worked in Christian ministry full-time, it can become a little bit claustrophobic. You're all beautiful people, but uh, you all have the, the great privilege, and I hope you know this, of actually getting out of this space and working amongst people who maybe don't know Jesus. I, as someone who believes that that, that I'm called to be an evangelist, someone who loves to be surrounded by those who don't yet know Jesus. Um, sometimes being kept in kind of the Christian world, surrounded by Christians, is, is challenging. Our world is small. And so getting out of the Christian bubble and stepping in or behind a bar again has been a real gift to me and a real gift to my soul. It's been a pleasure just to hang around people um, who don't yet know Jesus. Um, it's been life-giving to my soul. Just last week, we had an hour and a half conversation with one of one of our guests at the bar, who uh, heard rumours that um that the owner of the bar was a pastor. This, this is a small bar and it actually employs more pastors than the average local church. So the owner is a pastor, I'm a pastor. There was also another guy working with us who's got a PhD in Christian theology and Christian history. And, uh, and we're the guys that are running this bar. And so this, this guy came in and you could see that he was kind of on the edge of his seat waiting for a spare moment. Uh, and he'd heard the rumors that the owner of the bar was a Christian and he just yells out. I mean, it's a small bar. It's like, so I've heard a rumor. Are you a Christian? And I mean, the owner's just like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I am. (laughs) Um, Did you you used to be a pastor? And so this led to like an hour and a half conversation. This guy was asking everything uh, from you know, what's our view on predestination? Are we fans of the Old Testament or the New Testament? We're like both. Um, and we're having this great conversation. And then obviously the owner, Brandon, ropes me into the conversation. He's like, I used to be a pastor, this guy still is. And so of course he starts asking me the questions, he yells out, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty full on, but he yells out, what's your view on fornication? I'm like, wow, we're going there. Like this is, a, you know, so anyway, my point is... Pretty confronting conversation. He's yelling it out, and so everyone in the room, you know, they can only have 20 people in the bar at one time, and, uh, and they're all listening to us talk about or respond to this guy's questions about Jesus, about Christianity, and what that means, and he's on a spiritual journey. He was very open about that. And so for me, for someone like me, for some of you, that might scare the heck out of you, like being in those environments. For me, I come alive, and so being in that space has been real life-giving. Uh, but this morning... I wanted to, uh, one of the things I've been reminded of is, uh, because it's a whiskey bar, so there's over 100 whiskeys on the back bar, and so I've had to do a re-education in whiskey. Um, And so as we move rapidly toward the next chapter uh, as a church, in the life of our church, I wanted to take the time to encourage us uh, to continue playing the long game uh, by sharing some of the lessons I've learned or been relearning from what I'm calling the bottom of the barrel. Whiskey barrel, it is. I want to actually utilize whiskey production and some of the things that I've been relearning or rediscovering about whiskey production to encourage us as a church. This is the kind of message you won't hear in most churches. We're going to talk about whiskey. It's not our safe word. I'm just going to, to, to share some of the things that I've learned about whiskey. Everybody say whiskey. Excellent. <laughs> Lessons in playing the long, the long game from the bottom of the barrel. Here's the first thing that I've been reminded of about whiskey production, that I believe actually we can apply in the life of not only our church, but in your life as a follower of Jesus. Here's the first thing that I've learned or relearned, that flavor takes time. Our flavor as a church will take time. I love Habakkuk where it says, the vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming, It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. You know, the thing about whiskey production, as in the life of a church community, it takes time. Uh, You've got to have patience. How many people uh, have the experience of hearing from the Lord, maybe having a vision, whether it be for your life or for a church community or for your career or for your uh, partner or marriage partner or whatever it is, And yet it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like you have to wait. Part of the Christian experience, part of being a follower of Jesus, part of life in general, whether you call yourself a follower of Jesus or not, is that we have to wait. Amen? Like waiting is a part of what we have to do. Time is an essential part of the maturing process. Vision is a future-oriented reality determined in the present. I, I love this quote that I stumbled across as I was procrastinating late at night, you know, telling Jane I was doing my sermon, but really just scrolling through Facebook. It said this, don't rush the process. See, the Lord can speak even in those moments. Don't rush the process. Good things take time, great things take a little longer. I love that quote. You know, as a church community, we are still defining and refining who we are or what our flavor is as a community. There are things that we know. There are things, there are flavors that we, we already know we want to incorporate into the life and the value set of our community. There are flavors we are playing with, like uh, we know that we desire to engage and participate in the work and the witness of love and grace and justice beyond the four walls of our community. We, want, we know that we want that to be the flavor or some of the flavors of our church. We know that we desire to be a truth-telling, peacemaking, and honest church, But if I'm honest, we're still working out how these flavors interplay with one another. We are still forming as a community and we will continue to learn as we go. Uh, But I just felt like maybe just as a reminder to me, because sometimes I do get driven uh, or maybe feel a bit of pressure from outside voices, we will not be driven by tradition or urgency, but rather our hope and our desire is to be led by the Spirit Because we know that the Spirit arrives right on time, every time. Amen? Can I encourage or maybe remind us this morning to take our time? Let's enjoy the season that we're in. You know, I I really believe that as we move into the new building, we can be so focused on the excitement that that brings. And if I'm honest with you, I I feel quite nervous about that. I feel a little bit apprehensive about what that might mean um, for us as a community. But I don't want us to forget the season of formation that we're currently in right now. You know, my my prayer, and I know as I listen to uh, my in-laws who were part of a church plant like decades ago, when they look back at the time and the season where they were meeting in church, like in school halls, uh, they have all of these stories um, and maybe you have some of those stories too, but as a church, we're kind of forming those stories now. We're in that season where hopefully when we're in our new space and you know, we start taking for granted the fact that we've got a beautiful building, beautiful landscaping, uh, beautiful sound system that we don't have to set up every week, uh, may we remember and look back at these times and go, they were the times, you know? Maybe, <laughs> at the very least, I don't want to look back and resent the experience that we're having. So can I encourage or maybe remind us to enjoy the season we're in while we're in it. Let's not not always be looking to the future. That is something I'm going to talk about next. But let's remember to enjoy the moment we're in. Can I encourage or maybe remind us to savor what God is doing in us now and not be in a rush to move into the next thing prematurely. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 19 says this, yes, we should make the most of what God gives, both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it, accepting what's given and delighting in the work. It's God's time, great things take a little longer. Second thing I've been relearning about whiskey is this, whiskey is a generational pursuit. It's a generational pursuit, it's not a trivial pursuit, it's a generational one. You know, there are whiskies that are started in one generation that will only be tasted in the next. Isn't that a good thought? You have to think generationally when you're thinking about whiskey production. Can I encourage us as a church, we need to think generationally when we're thinking about our community. We need to be thinking about the kind of church that our children will inherit from us. There are whiskies that get put into the barrel in one generation that are bottled in the next. The work that we have started here at Steeple Church will not be finished in our generation. Amen? We need to think and act generationally if we want our kids to stay in the game longer than our season. Amen? A few of the leadership team went away for a couple of days uh, a couple weeks ago and we were introduced to some of the wisdom of the, the, the Lakota people. They are the indigenous peoples that are from what is now called North and South Dakota. And one of the learnings that we were introduced to is around this idea of generational thinking and the thought that when the Lakota are making decisions in the present, they will consider the history of the previous seven generations, along with the impact that those decisions that they're making now will have seven generations into the future. That's an interesting thought. I mean, how many of us can see past today, let alone next week, let alone one generation? You know, I don't, I'm not saying this to put pressure on us. I mean, that's a very long you know, way ahead to think, but I think it provides a good framework for us to think, what is the kind of church, what is the kind of community that we're leaving for our children and our children's children? The decisions you are making today will have an impact regardless of whether you're thinking about it or not. I guess the challenge for us today is to be intentional. Let's be intentional about the decisions that we're making today. I read this other good quote again as I was procrastinating, I mean preparing um, for the message. It says this, be a good ancestor, plant trees you'll never see. That sounds cool. Uh, Every time I come up with a quote, I think of Emmanuel's sermon where he made fun of me because I love a good quote. I do love a good quote. Be a good ancestor, plant trees you'll never see. We must savor the moment we're in while thinking, planning, and planting generations ahead. Amen? Amen. Our invitation this morning is to think about the world we are making for our children and our children's children. I love the story in 1 Chronicles 22. Uh, I'm going to read it, actually. It's about David, and he's preparing all of the things that Solomon is going to need to build the temple. It says this, My son Solomon is still young and inexperienced, and since the temple uh, to be built for the Lord must be a magnificent structure, famous and glorious throughout the world, I will begin making preparations for it now. So David collected vast amounts of building materials before his death. Then David sent for his son Solomon and instructed him to build a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. My son, I I wanted to build the temple to honour the name of the Lord, my God. But the Lord said to me, you will have a son who will be a man of peace. I will give him peace and his enemies in all the surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon and I will give him peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a temple to honour my name. You know, can I just release some of the pressure this morning, maybe just from me, because I certainly felt liberated when I read this story, when I thought about, uh, you know, what we're building. It doesn't have to be complete. It doesn't have to be finished in this generation. That's liberating for me. Uh, but it puts pressure on the right places. Are we thinking about the church that we're leaving behind for our children and our children's children? What would that look like for you? You know, there's a lot of people in this space, we've talked about this, we've named it in our church, we have experienced trauma. There's a lot of people in here who have uh, church-related, church-specific trauma. Well, you know, the opportunity for us is we need to name that, we need to process that, we need to work through that, and can I encourage you if you need help with that to seek help, to actually do, you don't have to do that alone, but the opportunity that we have is to actually create and curate a church in response to that we can hopefully uh, build a church that is better than the ones that we've experienced. Amen? That's the opportunity that we have. In fact, Steeple Church, if I was to kind of summarize it, Steeple Church is my response, my attempt to create a safe space because of some of my experiences that I've had previously in church. This is what Steeple Church is all about. Church, the work that we have started is only the tip of the iceberg. And can I also acknowledge our ancestors that have gone before us, the church that we are part of is actually a continuation of the work that began began 60, that began 100 years ago. Um, There were people at Burwood Mount Waverley who started a church. It it was a church plant out of another church. So understand that we are a continuation of that story. There's also Baldwin Church of Christ. We are a continuation of that story. The work that our ancestors began over 100 years ago Uh, Is being continuing to being to to be told in and through us as a community. Isn't that cool? I like that. Be a good ancestor. Plant trees. You'll never see. Third point. Just because I like good alliteration, I needed three Fs. Our fumes are never wasted. Our fumes. What are you laughing at? (laughs) It's a horrible illustration, isn't it? But it it will make sense. You know this. This is something I I was reminded of around whiskey. Again, that we're going to apply to the life of our church. You know that up to fifty percent of what goes into the barrel can be lost over time through evaporation. Do you guys guys realize that? I mean, maybe some of you did. I did know that. I relearned that. Uh, Evaporation. Googled. What is evaporation? Says this. Evaporation happens when a liquid substance becomes a gas. When liquid is heated, it evaporates as the molecules move and vibrate so quickly that they, ex- that they escape into the atmosphere as vapor, only to recondense, reform, and be recycled elsewhere. Isn't that interesting? Evaporation is movement, and movement is okay. Movement is good. The process of evaporation is how distilleries intentionally refine the flavor of the whiskey in the barrel. It also reduces the alcohol content and the intensity of the early product and brings it toward and into full maturity. In the life of a whiskey, the evaporated content is called the angel's share. Isn't that cool? The angel's share is seen as an offering to God and actually plays a vital role in whiskey maturation. As it is in the life of a whiskey, so it is in the life growth and movement of a church. Friends, what is lost or more accurately, what moves from a a local church plays, or our church plays a significant role in refining and defining what remains in the life of a church. Amen? Let's acknowledge, let's honour and celebrate the role that that our pastors played in our story, but can we also be totally okay with the reality that for us to grow towards full maturity, not every person, program, or partner that started with us will stay with us. That's a good thing. But every step, every stage, and every individual story has contributed to our flavor and to our future. So no person and no thing is ever wasted. Amen? This is okay. It's a good thing. Movement is a God thing. It's all through Scripture. It is normal. It's healthy and right that not every person or program stays forever. Movement equals life. Movement is healthy and nothing is wasted in the kingdom of God. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15 says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. Church, let's assume a posture or a perspective that views the evaporation, the diaspora of the church, or movement of God's people from one place to another as them being moved by the Spirit of God and following the call of Jesus rather than the idea that they are leaving us. Amen? They're not leaving us. Let's assume that every adult is an adult child of God with the capacity to hear from the Lord. And when the Lord says move, let's just assume. Let's just assume that they're hearing from the Lord and that they are moving to the places and spaces where God is calling them to. Movement is good, movement equals life, movement is healthy, amen? I love that. So on that note, I actually wanted to share a little bit of an update um, around, uh, who, who remembers, if you've been with us for a while, you may remember Dan and Michiko. Dan and Michiko served uh, as part of the team here. And the beautiful way that the Lord brought them into our community is, I mean, that's a story for another time. Uh, but they also felt the call to actually uh, move on and plant a church. So I actually asked them, I was thinking, when I was thinking about this, I was like, that's what these guys have done. They, were a, they made a brilliant contribution to our community, but they are moving on and doing what they believe God is calling them to do. So I asked Dan to put together a little video. So we're going to play that
1: um, there he is. Good morning, Steeple Church. It's <laughs> Daniel Latrede here. Hope you are doing well and thriving. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, my wife Mitchell and I were part of the team at Steeple for a number of years, um, serving in different ways and wearing a bunch of different hats. And um, our time at Steeple came to an end last March, and we felt God calling us out to start a church planting journey. And today, Pastor Corey has invited me to share really briefly. Um, As to how that journey is going and provide you with a bit of an update. And so I thought I'd share a couple of insights as to um, what's been happening in our world. And so basically, um, at the end of, sorry, at April last year, we began just seeking God around vision and mission. God, we believe it's your church. Um, It has to be yours. It has to be your vision and mission, not just um, cool words or Christian needs or good ideas. And and so we were just praying and discerning and reading the word. And um, there were these two scriptures that, really, I couldn't shake. And the first one was the story of the Samaritan woman at the well who meets Jesus in John chapter 4. And they had this dialogue. And at the end of this dialogue, Jesus says to her, the time is coming and has now come where true worshippers will worship God in spirit and truth. And these are the worshippers that the Father seeks. And so at this time, I was um, just discerning what God's mission and vision were for our church. And I was actually in the library and I had this kind of download from God. And I took it to Michiko and I got an instant yes. And it's also very important husbands in the room agreed to have alignment with your wife. And uh, we sensed that our mission from God was to uh, equip and empower followers of Jesus Christ to worship God in spirit and truth and join him in his mission of bringing restoration to the world. Uh, To summarize that as briefly as I can, we wanna be disciples who make disciples. And so we had this mission um, at the same time, we were going, hey, God, what is the name for this church? Um, we can't just open the dictionary and choose a random action word. And so we had this other story in our hearts, which was the story of the um, parable of the sower. And in that story, it's in Matthew and Mark and Luke. Um, Jesus tells his story of a farmer who scatters some seed, and, and the seed is the message of the kingdom of God. And it lands on four different soils. And on the fourth soil, which is called good soil... It produces a crop or a harvest of 160 and 30 times more than what was sown. And the question on our hearts was hey, what makes good soil? Um, and the answer for us is cultivation of the heart. And actually, that was the birthing of the name of our church, which is Cultivate Church. And so we had this mission, we have a vision, we have this name. Uh, we needed a core team. And we asked the Holy Spirit hey, God, would you give us people to invite into this space? Um, people who you want to be on the journey. And that was really awesome. And now we um, have six of us on the journey. We began meeting in October last year, right here in our apartment here in Elstonwick. And we've been work this journey together, trying to discern, hey, what does it mean to be disciples who make disciples? And we're gearing up towards a launch, hopefully later this year, a public launch um, for our church. And we're excited what God is going to do. Um, at the same time, in the back end, we're a registered church, we're a registered charity, but we're just really taking the time to go slow. Uh, and build a discipleship culture that when we invite people in, um, they're grafted into what God is wanting to do and what he's already doing. Um, So I just want to say thank you for your support and prayers. Thank you for the journey um, that we've been on together. I really hope you're thriving and hope to hear from you soon. If you want to um, reach out or if you have any questions or you want to know more about what we're doing, um, you can check out our website at cultivatechurch.au. But in the meantime, may God bless you. And thanks so much to Corey and Jane for their love and support and I hope you're doing well. Take care. Awesome.
0: Look at Zach. So you know what's really cool is that they've got a core team of six people. Five of those six people began their journey with Steeple Church. That's exciting, isn't it? I love that. So Amy, Zach are there, Tim, Williams, Dan and Mitch. That's their core team plus a guy I've never met. Uh, But really excited. There's something beautiful about the way that they're starting. Um, And you know what I love is that uh, Dan and Mitch and Tim and uh, Zach and Uh, Amy have left a mark, you know, their contribution to our church has contributed to our flavor as a community. What's beautiful is that wherever they go, our story becomes a part of their story. Our flavor becomes a part of their flavor. And so we can celebrate that, acknowledge that, and support that. Amen. So, if you feel to, you know, we're, I'm just I'm going to take a little moment to pray and thank God for the for the gift that Dan and Mitch and their team uh, were to us historically, but also the gift that they are to the church, capital C, moving forward. And so, if you feel to contribute, if you want to reach out to Dan, feel free to do that. Um, you don't need my permission just to give him a call, encourage him if you feel to, send him an email or a message. Uh, do that. But let's pray and thank God for for what he's up to in the life of our community. Let's thank them for Dan and Mitch and their church. God, we lift up uh, Dan and Mitch and the crew um, at Cultivate Church. What a brilliant name. Uh, God, we pray that it would be, um, as Dan has has shared, a church that cultivates a heart uh, that longs to serve you and love others in response to that. Father, we thank you for uh, the future that you have in mind for Cultivate Church. For those people who are uh, beginning the work with Dan and Mitch, God, we pray that they would be an amazing support um, to Dan and Mitch, but God also that they would capture the vision and mission of that local church. Father, I pray that we would continue to be a church that celebrates, acknowledges, and lifts up Uh, the work that you're doing, whether it's in and through us or whether it's beyond the four walls of this church. God, give us eyes that is always on the lookout um, for those who are doing your work. Help us to be a church that um, is a generous church that, again, uh, doesn't seek to accumulate wealth or resource for what you're doing in this space, but is looking for ways that we can spread resource, that we can give our resource away. Um, to support, to partner with, and to celebrate the work that you're doing, whether it be in other local churches, other local organizations within our community. But God, help us to see with your eyes that we might capture your heart, your vision, your mission. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you were encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or, better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10 a.m. every Sunday in the Hall of St. Barnabas Anglican Church at 86 Bourne Road, Baldwin. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.